Welcome to episode number four of the Practical EdTech Podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who has listened to one or all three of the first three episodes. In this episode, I cover some new things from Google, some updates to Microsoft's awesome OneNote program, and I answer a bunch of questions from readers and listeners like you. So I hope you enjoy episode number four of the Practical EdTech Podcast. Well, good morning or afternoon or evening, wherever you are watching or listening to this week's episode of Practical EdTech Live. I'm Richard Byrne, and I just bit my tongue, and that's why I'm making this face, and that's why I sound funny. Hold on a second. Okay, that's a great way to start. That, 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 that kind of hurt. All right, so let's get into this week's episode of Practical EdTech Live. Uh, some cool things you might have missed in the last week, and then I'll jump into questions from readers and listeners and viewers like you. Uh, thanks to everyone who has been listening to the new podcast version of this. We had 75 people listen to the podcast version of last week's broadcast, so thanks for that. And if you're interested in the podcast version and you haven't heard it yet or found it yet, it's available through anchor.fm. You can also find it on Google Podcasts. Uh, just search my name on Google Podcasts or search Practical Ed Tech on Google Podcasts and you can get it there as well. All right. So some cool things that you might have missed in the last week. Uh, number one, uh, this isn't really a cool thing. It's more of a personal note. I went on a Facebook fast. Uh, I actually wrote a blog post about it, of course. Uh, but I've gone on a little bit of a Facebook fast. Like many people, I have found that Facebook was sucking too much time out of my life and annoying me more than it was doing anything else. So uh, I've limited myself to just 20 minutes a day of Facebook time. And I'm doing that through a Chrome extension called Stay Focused. And really all week, my only Facebook uh, interaction or use has been simply to post uh, on the Free Tech for Teachers and Practical Ed Tech Facebook pages. Uh, and I haven't actually looked at my personal Facebook at all. So that's kind of a, uh, kind of fun, neat. Uh, I've found other ways to distract myself online, but at least Facebook isn't that one. Uh, and stay focused, by the way, a free Chrome extension you can use for any web page that you want to limit yourself to. So if you find that like, you know, maybe Facebook isn't your, your time waster, maybe Twitter's your time waster, and you want to limit how much time you spend on Twitter, the Stay Focused Chrome extension can be used for that, or Reddit, or whatever it is, Amazon even. If you find yourself browsing Amazon for way too long, you can use Stay Focused to block out Amazon. doesn't matter what the website is, you can use Stay Focused to limit your access to it. Uh, you can even limit your access to the Chrome extensions or the Chrome web stores so that you can't disable Stay Focused. You can go that far if you want to. So some other cool things that have been happening in the world of ed tech. Uh, Google Slides added two new features this week. Uh, one of them is the ability to pause your screen and black it out or white it out while you're doing a full screen presentation. So if you use Google Slides to do notes or any kind of presentations to your class, there may be times when you want to pause it to answer a question from your students. Uh, 
Now you can pause it just by hitting a the letter B or the letter W on your keyboard. Letter B will make your presentation completely black out. Letter W will completely white it out. And then when you want to resume the presentation, just click any other button on your keyboard and you can resume uh, your presentation as normal. So that's a handy little feature. Uh, I shared that on Twitter and a lot of people replied with, that's such a great tool for getting your kids' attention. A simple way to get kids' attention, just boop, all of a sudden you're blacking out the screen or whiting out your screen. Uh, the other new Google Slides feature is the ability to finally play your Google Slides on a continuous loop. This is something that people have asked about for years. Uh, you can now finally set your Google Slides to play on a continuous loop in full screen mode. Could be great for that upcoming open house night that you might have uh, where you want to just keep a slideshow playing on a projector as as parents or students show up, you know, in your in the lobby of your school or in your classroom, and you have people filtering in and out, you just want to keep playing that in a continuous loop. You can now do that in Google Slides. You'll find that by going full screen on your Google Slides, then opening the settings icon, the gear icon, and you can select full screen. Uh, if you don't see that feature right now, it will be available within the next couple of weeks. It's rolling out to all, both of those new features are rolling out to users over the next couple of weeks. Uh, some of you may already have it. Others might be a couple of weeks. So to get away from the Google world for a moment, uh, OneNote has a new feature, OneNote for, for iPad. Uh, my, my complaint about, I love OneNote, but my complaint about OneNote has always been that there are so many versions of it and they don't all do the same thing uh, at the same time. But that aside, OneNote for iPad just got updated to include math and science drawings and shapes. So that's a feature that was already available in the web and desktop versions of OneNote. Now it's available for iPad as well. Uh, one of my favorite tools for teaching with video is ClassHook. ClassHook, you'll find it at ClassHook.com, is started out as a search engine for finding video clips to use in your classroom. Uh, you could search ClassHook, you can search ClassHook according to standard, according to topic, uh, according to grade level, according to the, the length of video clip that you need. Fantastic for that. So it's fantastic for finding a video clip to teach a lesson. But over the last year, they've added some other neat features, including a feature called pause prompts. Pause prompts lets you build in questions into a video, and when the video reaches that moment it, that you've set as a pause prompt, it will pause the video and display a question full screen over the video so you can talk about it with your class. That's really neat. Just yesterday, ClassHook introduced a feature to go along with that called Live Discussions, where not only do you have the pause prompt that pauses the video and shows a question instead of the video, your students can now reply on their own devices to that pause prompt. Previously, you'd, you'd have the pause prompt and you'd have to have kids you know, raise their hands or you know, write down answers on paper. Now you can have them do that in an online format. So that's neat. Since I'm podcasting now, one of the things that I've just learned about is International Podcast Day. I didn't know that was a thing until this week, uh, but it's a thing. 
International Podcast Day is coming up on September 30th. And uh, Synth, GoSynth.com, a podcasting tool that I've been talking about for the last year or so, last 10 months, came out in October last year, uh, is a sponsor of International Podcast Day. Synth is great because you and your students can create a podcast in a matter of minutes. Uh, Every podcast episode is limited to 256 seconds. So what's that? It's a little over four minutes. A little or a little under five minutes, I guess. A little under, well, a little under five minutes for each episode. So it's great. You don't have that pressure to try to fill to try to fill up a whole lot of time. And students can reply to each other's podcasts through GoSynth. So that's a cool feature. Uh, so check that out. International Podcast Day coming up on September 30th. If you want your students to podcast or participate in International Podcast Day, uh, GoSynth is sponsoring. If you just do one podcast episode, one in the month of September, uh, and share it, they'll share it with others, and they'll send you free stickers, a bunch of stickers for your class if you participate in International Podcast Day. So check that out. Go to GoSynth.com and check it out, or go to InternationalPodcastDay.com, I believe, uh, or just Google search International Podcast Day. It'll be the first thing that comes up. All right. Speaking of podcasting, uh, you may hear in the podcast version of this some free music, some music used as transition or sound effects. Any multimedia project that you do with your students, you might want to have some music in it. The free music archive for many, many years was my go-to place to get free music for classroom projects. Uh, last fall, they announced that they were running out of money, couldn't get any more funding. Uh, it was a non, it was nonprofit, uh, and they were announced that they were going to shut down. Well, a company called Kit Split uh, has taken it over and has taken over sponsorship and maintenance of it, and so it still offers free music that you can use in multimedia projects. So that's really great. So the free music archive blit and still offers tons of great. Uh, free music you can use. Uh, Two last little cool things you might have missed this week. Uh, Gmail will now automatically show when you are out of office. If you have, if you use Google Calendar and Gmail together, or the G Suite version of Gmail, either one, uh, if you have an out of office entry on your Google Calendar, Gmail will know that messages while you're out of office. It will say, you know, if I have out of office for this afternoon on my calendar and someone this this afternoon tries to send me an email, as soon as they start drafting an email to me, they'll see a message that Richard's out of office. So that's a nice little feature. Uh, You know, it's kind of like a preemptive out of office autoresponder. So that's neat. And last little cool thing, uh, Wonderopolis. I love Wonderopolis. It's uh, it's perfect for elementary school students if you want to get um, you know some just some fun discussion prompts for elementary school. Like today's uh, prompt of the day or wonder of the day, if you will, is who invented fried chicken? <laughs> There's a bunch of questions about uh, have you ever wondered who invented fried chicken? Uh, is it the same everywhere, and how has it changed over time? 
uh, there are hundreds, thousands now, uh, thousands of little wonders like this that they have every day. Just a fun little discussion prompt to have with your students. Well, anyway, Wonderopolis is one of the many services that has now integrated Microsoft's immersive reader. So now rather than having to use a browser extension to, or a screen reader, uh, you can your students can simply use the built-in immersive reader, click on it, and it will read aloud all the text. And because immersive reader is uh, adaptable for many, many languages, you can use immersive reader for multiple languages. All right. All right. So let's check out questions from readers like you or listeners like you or viewers like you. All right. So let's see what we have in store. First question came in last night from Maggie, who asked, can you limit the number of responses on Microsoft Forms? For instance, we are doing a sign-up at school and only want 15 students per choice. Can this be done? Well, Maggie, unfortunately, there isn't a built-in capability to limit responses to a particular Microsoft Forms question. Uh, you can limit the form to be just one response per person. Right? So, you know, you can say that your student can only answer the form once, right? and you can also limit it to be only people within your organization, but you can't say that question number one will only accept 15 responses total. That's not a built-in feature yet. Uh, Google Forms has that. Uh, you can use form limiter in Google Forms and do that, but Microsoft Forms doesn't. All that said, I did some research into this, and like anything, if there's a problem, someone's working on a solution to it, and I did find a very complicated uh, workaround for this that involves forms, flow, and SharePoint. Uh, so if you're familiar with flow and SharePoint, you might be able to do this to limit the number of responses to a question on a form. It does involve having everybody sign in with an email address uh, and going from there. Uh, I have not tested it. I looked at the formula for it. It looks like it's kind of complicated, but you try it out. Uh, in the show notes, I will put the link for how to do that if you do want to try it. Okay. All right. So second question I have came from Paulette. Uh, and actually, Paulette and I had to email back and forth a couple of times to get to the bottom of this. Paulette's initial question was, I teach technology classes. I'm looking for a few good videos to show my class for sub days. Any recommendations? I had to reply to Paulette and say, that's a very broad topic, uh, technology classes, very broad topic. And so through a couple of emails back and forth, found out that really a lot of what she's teaching uh, are things like Microsoft Word, Forms, and a little bit with Excel and some other uh, Microsoft core products. So for that case, I ended up recommending the Microsoft Mechanics series. Uh, it's a series you can find on YouTube. Uh, you go to youtube.com slash office garage series and you can find it. And they have tons of playlists covering all aspects of Microsoft products uh, and some of the very some technical things and some that are a little more use um, not so technical. I shouldn't say user friendly, but 
uh, not so technical. Okay, so that's the Microsoft Mechanics series. You can check that out, youtube.com slash office garage series. Question number three came from Eric, and I just answered this this morning from Eric. Uh, what apps for a Chromebook or in general do you recommend for ELL students? By this, I'm referring to helping students take content that is spoken or written in English and translate it into Spanish, something besides Google Translate. Uh, so uh, I have a few recommendations or a couple of recommendations here for Eric. Uh, number one, depending on the type of content that you might want, uh, you might want to try using Microsoft's immersive reader program. It's available in the web versions of Word, PowerPoint, and OneNote. So if you uh, have access to those in on a Chromebook through the web ver through the web browser, you try that. Uh, if your Chromebook supports the use of Android apps, you might consider installing Microsoft Edge as a browser to access immersive reader functions. And finally, uh, check out the Natural Reader Chrome extension for Chrome, obviously. Uh, Natural Reader Chrome extension, you'll find it at naturalreaders.com slash online. You can test it out even before you install it. Natural Reader Chrome extension will read any web page to you in the language of your choice. Uh, there are twenty well, it's just the language of there are twenty choices for free. Spanish is one of them. There's actually two different voices you can use in Spanish there, and then there's a premium version which gives you access to more languages and more reader voices as as well. So check out the Natural Reader Chrome extension. Uh, and by the way, for all things ELL, uh, I always recommend checking out Larry Ferlazzo's website, uh, larryferlazzo.edublogs.org. Uh, Larry is an ELL teacher, has been for uh, 17 years, I think now, he said, 17 or 18, 17 or 18 years now. Uh, and he has a fantastic database of all manner of tools and resources for ELL. So check out Larry's website as well. Question number four, I believe, I, I haven't lost track, came from Karen, who says, with my students, I have created a bilingual dictionary in Google Sheets, two columns, one for English and one for translation. Cool. Do you happen to know of any way to turn it into an online dictionary with a search, search box? Uh, hey, Karen. So Karen's just described the perfect use case for Glide, which you'll find at glideapps.com. It will take your Google spreadsheet data and turn it into a mobile app. And that mobile app will automatically include a search function. Now, you could also just use Control F or Command F while you're looking at your Google sheet to find any word or phrase. But Glide apps will make it really slick and easy to do that search. Uh, so you can just tap on a word. Now, you could, if you want to get crazy with it, you could start to include picture, include another column in that spreadsheet where you have a picture or you have a video, and that would be displayed along with the word and or translation. So check that out. Uh, so check out Glide. Uh, I have a tutorial on my YouTube channel on how to use Glide, uh, or just go to glideapps.com. They have many, many tutorials as well. It's free, fantastic tool. 
I think I recommended it last week to somebody else as well. Uh, really like Glide. It's one of my favorite new things in 2019. All right. And our last question of the day, unless there's someone adding in one right now that I'm missing. Our last question of the day came from George, who says, I'm looking for a way to record comments, feedback, and send students to my and send to my students when reading their essays. Is there something you can think of I could utilize? The only thing that I can think of is voice memo recording and emailing. So George, yes, you could do voice recording and emailing. I think that'd be a bit cumbersome though. And it sounds like you're looking for a little more streamlined solution. So there's two possible solutions for you. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of documents you're working with. So that is a little tricky for me, but uh, depending on the type of documents you're working with, you might want to try Kaizena. Uh, you find it at kaizena.com, K-A-I-Z-E-N-A, K-A-I-Z or Z, E. Let you add comments to any PDF, Word, or Google document that you have. Uh, now, the trick of it is that your students will also have to have a Kaizena account, which are free, but your students will also have to have a Kaizena account so they can listen to the comments that you send to them. The cool thing about Kaizena, besides being able to record those voice comments, is you can reuse them. So if you find yourself saying to students over and over again, um, you know, you, that's the wrong form of there, or please use more supporting evidence, or you know, whatever it is you find yourself saying over and over again, you can record it once and insert it many, many times. The second option that George might want to explore, if you're a Google Documents user, is a free Chrome extension called eComments. It's e-comments. And again, in the show notes, I'll include a link to this extension. You can use this to add voice and video comments to any Google document. Uh, and again, you can reuse your comment from document to document. So if you, you record it once and you find, oh, you know what? I need to use this on Billy, Susie, and Jake's papers. You can reuse it on all three of them. Once you've recorded it once, you can reuse it over and over again. That's e-comments. You find it e-comments, uh, free Chrome extension. So, all right. Well, that, I think wraps up today's episode. Oh, hey, cool. Laura just asked me a question. I have a question about Google Slides. I noticed if I use my Gmail account, I'm able to add audio files in the presentation, but when I try to use my G Suite account, it's not possible. Why? And that would be because your G Suite account has not been updated to include that feature yet. Uh, this is one of the many quirks of G Suite for Education is that sometimes the features that we see in Gmail aren't rolled out yet to our G Suite for Education domains. And you can, you can fast track it a little bit. Uh, if your IT administrator or your G Suite for Education domain administrator uh, can apply to get you on the rapid release schedule for new features, not every domain wants to do that. Not every domain administrator wants to be on that program. Uh, so that's why you're not seeing it yet. Uh, I have the same problem. So, uh, yeah, it's nothing you're doing. It's just Google and the Google world. <laughs> that's just a quirk there. So, 
hopefully that answers your question, Laura. You're not doing anything wrong. It's just that it's not there for you yet. Uh, patience is the only thing I can say there and probably insert Guns N' Roses, have a little patience. What is the patience song that Guns N' Roses sang? I don't know. Power Ballad Friday. And uh, <laughs> I'm off on a tangent. There's a radio show near me that always plays Power Ballad Friday. It's all the 80s rock hits. So, anyway. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining me today. And if you have a question for me, please send me an email. Richard at burn.media is my email address. And I'm more than happy to answer any questions for you. You can also send me a note on Twitter or you can find me on Facebook uh, once I get back onto Facebook after my Facebook fast is over. Uh, so thanks, everyone. I hope if you're in the U.S., I hope you have a great Labor Day weekend and enjoy the three-day weekend. It's the end of summer, if you will. And if you're anywhere else in the world, I hope you also have a fantastic weekend. And I'll see you online sometime real soon, I hope. Thanks, everyone.